Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Friday, September 24th. Stocks are pulling back a little bit this morning. So you have the S&P futures off about 13 points. That's about 30 basis points. The Dow futures doing a bit better, down 70 points. That's about 20 basis points. And then the Nasdaq is lagging off about 64 points. That's about 40 basis points. Um, the price action makes sense as far as the underperformance in the NASDAQ just given what's happening in bond markets. So treasuries are rebounding a little bit after slumping yesterday, um, but yields are higher in most other markets globally and higher yields will undermine the growth momentum names, most of which have um, elevated multiples. And so it makes sense that you would see tech lag, just what's happening um, with bonds. Turning to Europe, the major indices are down about 60 basis points overall. They're up a bit from the lows. They were down about a percent earlier this morning. You're seeing selling pressure in a lot of retail consumer names after the Nike news from last night. So Adidas, even the luxury stocks like LVMH, Caring, L'Oreal, et cetera, are all for sale. Um, you're seeing financials trade decently. They're not surging, but they are holding up better than um, other, other sectors in Europe, also because of what's happening in bonds. Um, Asia was mixed overnight. So Japan, which had been closed, rallied after reopening. Hong Kong, mainland China, both suffered losses. Um, Taiwan was up about a percent. So the biggest news this morning, as far as uh, the macro world is concerned, is what did not happen. So we're still in the dark on Evergrande. Um, the US dollar bond payment, interest payment that had been due yesterday um, was not made. There is technically a 30-day cure period during which um, the, the payment could be made before covenants start to get tripped. Um, you know, there's another interest payment due on the 29th next week. Uh, you know, I think this, I think this situation, clearly the government is not going to step in and provide a single discrete bailout. I think the objective in Beijing right now is to kind of have a managed failure that takes place over a prolonged period of time, um, over months and years. So I think Evergrande will kind of fade into the background. It still will create headwinds for growth. The whole property sector will create headwinds for growth. Um, but I think for the moment, China is attempting, um, again, to kind of allow this company to fail, but at a very slow, orderly pace. Um, so we'll just have to kind of see how that all plays out. But the bond interest payment that was due yesterday um, was not made at least as of 5.30 this morning. But again, there's that 30-day technical period. Um, you had a bunch of economic data out globally. None of it is really terribly incremental. Um, in Washington, you know, you have still a lot of noise. So uh, Schumer and Pelosi came out yesterday and talked about how they reached a framework agreement. I think, I don't even know what that means. There was no details put out about it, no numbers. It does not seem like the other major principals involved in these talks like Manchin or Sanders um, knew what they were talking about or support what they came out with. You're going to have, um, in the in the near term, the issue that needs to be addressed um most uh, most immediately is the government funding deadline. So funding for the government expires at the end of September. Right now, the Senate is going to attempt to pass a bill that includes both funding and the debt ceiling. That bill will fail in the Senate next week. I think that the Democrats then will decouple the two. They're going to put on the floor just a standalone funding bill that will add um, about two months or so to government funding. Um, the debt ceiling isn't really going to become um, binding probably until the end of October, early November. So there's still some more time to deal with that. Democrats still have to figure out, though, what they are going to put in this reconciliation bill. Um, the three and a half trillion dollar headline number clearly will not pass. Um, you know, I think a, a trillion and a half is probably the max that is going to be able to get all the 50 senators, um, all 50 Democratic senators on board. 
I think eventually the debt ceiling will be folded into the reconciliation, which means you only have to get Democrats. You don't have to get 10 Republicans. Um, but again, the Democrats first have to figure out what they are going to put into the reconciliation bill. And that process still has um, more weeks ahead of it. So I don't think you're going to see a shutdown on October 1st. But there's still a lot of deadlines and dates and negotiating um, that's left to do in Washington. Um, on central banks and yields, so just going back to yields quickly, you know, I think what you saw yesterday, um, the bond sell-off really seemed to have been catalyzed by the BOE decision, which hit at around 7 a.m., um, which was really kind of the third hawkish central bank decision in the last about 12 hours. You had the Fed Wednesday, you had Norway come out um, Thursday morning, and then the BOE came out Thursday morning, all of which had hawkish, hawkish messaging for markets. Um, you know, again, I don't think that they're tightening at a dramatic pace. They're all moving in a very, very gradual, um, orderly fashion as far as tightening policy. But you are seeing monetary policies at a major inflection point globally, central banks are tightening. And I think bonds, again, I think the BOE was kind of the trigger. And then you saw a lot of momentum follow on selling after that. Um, but I think that's kind of the narrative around what's occurring with bonds right now. I think it's a macro positive in that you're not seeing markets. Um, you know, I don't think the, the move is one where markets are really concerned about inflation. I think it's, again, recognition of a normalization of both policy and just the broader economic landscape um, as the pandemic fades. And that's why yields are rising. But I think it's a net negative for markets just because of the effect it will have on tech and tech dominates the indices. Um, on the micro front, Nike was the big news out last night. So Nike is the second major multinational company of the week to slash guidance because of supply chain woos. Um, that follows FedEx earlier in the week. Um, you know, I think the, the debate around this is going to be the same as before. And market demand was very strong, as Nike em, uh, emphasized on the conference call uh, at numerous occasions. And market demands at all-time highs. People want to buy um, all the Nike products they can. The issue is getting products on the shelves. So um, Nike has huge manufacturing in Vietnam, Indonesia. Both those countries had been experiencing COVID-related lockdowns. The lockdowns are starting to lift so um, they said Indonesia is actually fully back online. Vietnam is starting to get back online, but it's going to take time. The big other big issue is um, just freight shipping, the timing and cost of freight shipping. Um, you know, I think they, they mentioned on the call how the um, shipping time is nearly double what it would be normally. So that is preventing them from having enough product on the shelves. That is causing them to cut their revenue guidance. Um, you know, I think, again, Stocks won't get punished too much so long as the problem is just temporary supply chain issues. It's a lot different if they were to call out um, you know, a, a dramatic decline in end market demand. But I think nevertheless, markets can't ignore these next couple of quarters where a lot of companies are going to be seeing a lot of real supply chain problems. Um, and that's just another overhang for the tape. So I've been writing about how I think the recent rally, you, you, the S&P was up about 3.8% from the Monday low to the high yesterday. I think that move should be faded. I don't think you're going to see markets collapse, but I just don't see a run back to fresh highs at the moment, given that you still have a lot of the big areas of uncertainty um, that are not resolved. So, you know, Washington's one, you still have, I think the upcoming, upcoming earnings season will create um, a lot of noise around earnings misses and guidance cuts. And, um, you know, are they, are they cutting guidance because of temporary issues or, or in market demand? Um, and then the whole situation in China too, not just Evergrande, but the broader, slowdown in growth that's being witnessed for a variety of reasons, including the property sector, the pollution controls, the regulatory assaults on businesses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's the landscape for this morning. There's a lot of other news. I have everything in the piece for the Friday calendar. 
Um, it won't, there's not much. So there's a quote unquote fed listens event. Um, basically fed officials kind of hear from, um, you know, members of society about what they're seeing on the ground in the economy. Um, Powell and Clarita will both be there. They probably will make comments to an extent. I don't think you'll see any change in messaging from what, um, came out on, on, um, on Wednesday. And then Carnival Cruise will report earnings um, right before the open at 9.15. And that's essentially it for today. I put out the latest talking points piece last night, and I put out the latest um, Vital Catalyst watch last night as well. So be sure to check those out. And that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.